You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to Radio Ramadan 87.7 FM. This is the Iftar Show. And we, we will be with you today right up until the Iftar, which will be at 9.57 today. That's 9.57. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. My name is Ahmed and I will be your host for tonight. And I'm joined uh, with my co-host, uh, Ahmad Al-Hun. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. How are you doing, bro? You alright? Alhamdulillah, good. We're just reflecting on how Allah SWT puts blessings and things that you don't expect and in ways that you don't expect. Yeah. Um, and... You, you'll find that Allah SWT allows you through means that you didn't expect so through a means of fasting for you to get closer to your family mm. and through a means of fasting for the community to get closer um, I, I was in the city centre earlier and you know even outside House of Fraser they've got Ramadan Mubarak <laughs> um, and when you meet people you're like, oh, he must be fasting. You know, you see what it, one of the people working names Abbas. Oh, Muslim guy must be fasting. I feel for him. I feel for him. Um, and Subhanallah, it, it gives you that. And you know, we spent uh, yesterday talking uh, with uh, Sheikh Rizwan, and over the weeks we've been talking about how um, Islam's often put into the media in, in a difficult light. But what I found uh, even today. I was chatting with some of my work colleagues and they were talking about how their nephew was at school and was telling them about Ramadan uh, because they had learnt about Ramadan mm-hmm. in school and, and she, she said, oh, you know my, my boss is fasting? He's fasting. And he goes, oh, really? No water? He's like, yeah, no water. And he goes, and is he still working? <laughs> like, yeah, he's still working. Um, I don't know if words got out and people don't want to come and see me because I was a bit quiet today uh, that I'm fasting. But subhanAllah, I think is this an opportunity for us to do that extra bit of dawah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I think a thread of something that we picked up on on, on yesterday um, was really that that human connection before any sort of you know religious or intellectual um, connection with people is is that real human connection? Um, and you know, we were discussing yesterday that that real coming together of the the community in places like Manchester after you know the tragedy that they had um, that coming together of the community and, and that connection between each other on that on a human level hmm. and you know I think we were reflecting with with Sheikh Adwan yesterday that that is this something that Islam has lost is this something the Muslims have lost this uh, understanding of you know foc- focus on humanity before we start trying to deal with our um, religion on an intellectual level, on a factual level, on an evidence level. Um, are we really doing enough to to focus on what what it's expecting of us as humans um, before you know, <coughs> before we make those other connections? You, you'll find you know we've we've seen lots of protests and just uh, people going out in support um, for the people of, of Manchester for, for the public. And, and I think what what I've seen at least is for us as Muslims this is our opportunity to show that we are human mm-hmm. um, and you, you see we talked yesterday about the chap who was uh, you know, standing out and getting blindfolded and, and taking hugs and um, I, I remember I had actually had to go to Manchester last week uh, for a work conference and again speaking to, to my colleagues and they had that instant human connection 
um, that oh you're going to Manchester be careful mm-hmm. um, and when they were saying be careful they were saying be careful because uh, you know of the attacks and they were worried about the attacks and, and what I said to them was like, well I'm actually taking my wife and, I, and I'm more worried um, about um, some sort of attack uh, you know a hate crime yeah, rather yeah, yeah. than the, the actual attack itself I, I think that's true I, th- I think as Muslims there, there's almost that double effect that you know, people don't think uh, straight away that you're going to be just as scared as anyone else is of of, of um, something like that happening when uh, when you're around. Uh, but also then the double fear of, of, of backlash from others, and and you know, unfortunately, you do hear of so many hate, you know, spikes and hate crimes and so on. But I think also uh, you do see a, a positive reaction come out as well, and and that's I think going back to that human connection that you get. Um, between, you know, members of, of, of the community at large. It was something that we saw happen in the, the United States after the, the election of Trump. Mm. Now, obviously, the election of Trump was seen as a victory for the Islamophobes, as a, a, a loss for um, liberals in general and, and, and Muslims. <coughs> uh, and, you know, there was the, the, the fear that is, is um, Islamophobia now going to be something that's commonplace and something that's accepted in, in, in the mainstream. And actually what you saw happening, you know, in things like when the Muslim ban happened, for example, mm. um, suddenly you saw people coming out and protesting, at, 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 you know, I don't know if you saw any of the protests that were happening at the American yeah. airports and so on, mm. but suddenly you had Muslims next to every other section of society and everyone, you know, treating one, one another as the same, treating one another with respect. Down to even you, 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 know, you had amazing scenes of of um, people praying in jamats in in the middle of of yeah, American so. airports, which yeah. the week before would have just been like unthinkable, and Absolutely. suddenly, suddenly you had you know this happening, and everyone was accepting of it. Uh, you know, people were encouraging it, mm. uh, and even you know even closer to, to to home. I don't know if you saw just last week there was a university in. Um, England, I don't want to get this wrong I think it might be University of East Anglia I can't remember exactly which one it was um, but anyway the, the the university took a move to close the, they had two prayer facilities open in the in the, the, the university one was a multi-faith one uh, and one was a specific prayer room for the Muslims and, and the university decided to close that down the week before Ramadan wow. and um, you know, obviously, the the Muslim society in that university um, was, was protesting about this, and really, the, the protest then became not just from the the, the Muslim community it involved others, and there was this amazing scene that they showed of of the Juma prayers in in that university taking place outside uh, in a public sort of courtyard or whatever in the university, and as the Muslims were were praying. The, the non-Muslims and everyone else that had joined in this protest was surrounding them to, to almost, you know, show what, not really as a protection, I'm sure there was no one there that was going to attack them as such, but, but almost as a show of, of, of solidarity with them, that, that it's not just them on their own um, protesting against this, we are standing up for their right to, to do this as well. How does this differ from, uh, when I think of these uh, things, of us being in the, in the media and, you know, this... Uh, almost persecution uh, let's call it it's probably a bit e- extreme but let, let's call it that um, and how does this differ from the town of Sula Sala oh, um, the early days in Mecca uh, yeah. when he 
uh, was propagating the message and was tarnished with everything. Mm, um, and yeah, I feel absolutely. we are at that similar stage just now. Um, and I, I really feel that um, we have an opportunity um, to really I- embody the, the message of Rasulullah so and really yeah. take that example. I, I think that's so true. I, th- I think it comes back to what we were speaking about uh, um, just there in the thread of the conversation from yesterday that we were wanting to, to continue on. Uh, and that idea of, um, you know, humanity before religion. I think think what I what I mean by that is, is understanding that so much of Islam is the what was embodied in the Prophet Sallallahu of his character and of, mm. of um, and and you know per, perhaps that that in in our modern um, situation that we've lost an appreciation of that. You know, a, a few things come to mind. I remember. Um, Imam Suhaib Webb, who's, who's you know a prominent Imam in, in, in the United States, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are, are, are familiar with, um, said something very interesting once in a talk. He said that if you went back 100, 150 years, people would never have questioned the character of a Muslim. Mm. Okay, if, if if they came across a Muslim that they didn't know, yeah, they might not trust him for 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 other reasons because he's a stranger, he's unknown. But if they were to to say that you know what what do you associate with what are the connotations that come forward from this Muslim, uh, they would say okay you know a Muslim is a person of good character, a Muslim mm. is a person who who does not lie, a Muslim is a person who trades fairly, um, you know stays away from from alcohol, drugs, etc., etc. All, all all the things that that might popular uh, might have been popularised and known uh, about. Us as Muslims, um, and you compare that with our context now, and it's just so so different. Um, you see, you know, you ask someone in the street who's never met a Muslim before, and and there's reactions of fear, there's reactions of uh, hatred. Sadly, in some not all, but 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 uh, I would hope hopefully in a minority, mm. but generally, a, a, you know, a, a reaction of fear. Um, and, and and we have to wonder and we have to bring that back upon ourselves as a community is, is how much of that is because of the characters that we do embody um, I think uh, when you it's very easy to get defensive for others in the Muslim community and say oh it's the media against us and everyone's trying to tarnish us and so on but I think if we really go back to our Islamic history we look at at the time when the Muslims fleed uh, Mecca and they went to Najashi. Mm-hmm. Um, the the people of Quraysh got there first um, and told them that you know these people are coming. You know, send them back before the Muslims were able to speak to them. Uh, so Najashi, even then, before he spoke to the Muslims, he would have had that yeah. thing in their head, like like you do right now. But what was it that turned it around? What was it that made it? Um, a place of safety for the Muslims was the character. Yeah, it was yeah, the character. Yeah. It was when the, the Muslims spoke. They spoke the truth. They spoke well, um, and they they represented Islam in a way that was true to what Islam really is. Exactly. Um, and, and I think yeah. you you mentioned that uh, really well. I, I really reverberated with me when you were talking about how the, the Muslims don't have the character of Islam. Mm-hmm. And if the Muslims don't have the character of Islam, then what can we expect? And I think this for us, um, as uh, lay people here in the West, um, it is our real opportunity, especially in the month of Ramadan, um, to really, as we reconnect with our um, 
as we try and reconnect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we spend this month to stop ourselves from eating and, and stopping our base desires so that we can try and remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first and foremost you know remembering that's why we're doing it rather than um, saving up for a big munch after, which I'm sure we'll all be preparing and looking forward to shortly but I think if we just remind ourselves first and foremost in the studio and uh, our brothers and sisters that are listening that as we do connect uh, to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we have to take this as an opportunity to connect to Islam as a whole um, and as we connect to Islam as a whole really embody that character um, that character of Rasulullah yeah. and the thing is that you know if if we're going to talk about the impact on, on, on the larger community around us um, if you if you talk about Dawa today in a, in a, in a modern sense um, you know it's all about um, people are talking about pre- presenting Islam through various means you know a stall in the street um, a talk a debate whatever um, and and yeah th- those things have their place and have, have their um, you know <coughs> uh, usefulness um, but actually, it's it's that it's those day to day interactions which which are really what colours people's opinion. Um, you can say what you want on the lips, but if your body language and your um, general demeanour with people isn't one that that attracts them towards what you're what you're trying to tell them about, um, they're never gonna they're never gonna take it in. They're never gonna um, buy what you're selling essentially. Uh, and I think that 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 brings us back. You know, you, you touched there on. Um, on examples from the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I, th- I, th- I think what it really brings us brings us back to um, is, and, and you know, perhaps in Ramadan is is the opportunity to do this, is establishing that connection back to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and, and understanding uh, understanding his role um, in in our lives and in, in, in the religion <coughs> in, in general, and and understanding his character. Um, so that he can be the role model um, that 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 we base our characters on. So that you know, I, I thought it was really um, enlightening. Something that Sheikh Adwan said yesterday that that um, you know, no one sets out meaning to um, you know, or you know, very few people set out meaning to try and uh, alienate others or mm. or or, uh, or whatever. And it might just be that their interpretation of a particular rule or or their protection. Um, uh, Interpretation of um, something that is taught to them about Islam means that they develop a character that that perhaps um, is less accepting of the community as a whole. Mm. Um, and it's not until uh, it's not until you you, you take the Prophet as a role model that, that you can take that forward. Absolutely. Reverting back to the the character um, of Rasulullah and reverting back to the character of the early Muslims um, it is how we can really revert back to the way. It used to be dealt with. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know we were mentioning just before the break. Um, Sheikh Adwan gave the the example last time, um, of uh, or yesterday, sorry, um, of you know the, the the difference between learning from a role model and learning from rules. Um, it's very different, mm-hmm. and and you know, learning from people is very different to learning from books, for example. Um, and and unless you have that example and that role model to follow. You're you're going to misinterpret things. You're going to not capture the essence of of what you're trying to get to. Um, uh, Sheikh, um, what is your thoughts on the, the need and the importance of us going back 
uh, to the character of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi to try and combat these things? So I, I was kind of catching your um, conversation and I was getting the idea that you were talking about um, you know, how to kind of interact with people in general yeah. but um, there's obviously your, your questions about the Prophet and how he would um, interact with people um, and try and counter the obvious problems that he faced in, in Mecca al-Mukarram and also in the city of Medina al-Nawara and how he overcame that by um, his character so one of the things that we kind of touched upon yesterday was the fact that the Prophet was so amazed that he was being thrown out of his own city and the reason why he was amazed was partly to do with the fact that he was so attached to it but the other aspect of what I didn't mention yesterday was the fact that he he knew that they respected him and they, they knew his quality of his character so he was called Sarsim Al-Amin he was the person that people used to send their you know um, wealth to if they were traveling somewhere to, for safekeeping he Sarsim was the person even during the time when he was a prophet and he was calling people to God and he had enemies in this society when he traveled to Medina and he left Mecca to Muqarramah he was still um, gifted with many many things that he had uh, that he gave Sayyidina Ali to return back to their rightful owners so he knew that his character was of such a status that it would actually necessitate that they would um, respect him and believe in him. And so one of the things I understand is that regardless of how great your character is, you will always find people that, you know, due to their own traits and their own shortcomings, will be antagonistic towards you. And it will just be by the will of God, by some divine intervention, that they will change their mind. Um, it doesn't matter how much... Um, you try and you know, argue with them and you, even you try and impress upon them the, the, the character that you have, they will not believe until God opens up their hearts. But that is a minority of people. The majority of people, when they see good, when they see positivity, when they see um, benefit, they recognize it to be that. And they usually end up embracing it. And this is why the Prophet was praising the Quran, Allah says, it's by the mercy of Allah um, that you were you were um, soft with them. So the Prophet, one of his qualities was that he was layin. Layin is something in Arabic which means to be malleable, which means to be able to to adjust to the situation you're in and to be soft. Um, and usually it's people when they're, they they face difficulties or somebody attacks them, they have one of two responses. One is to fight or flight. But there's another uh, response that which is actually to engage with it. ahsan, which is what the Quran actually and you know it, it kind of tells us to do it's interesting in terms of psychology we always say when you're faced with a difficult situation you either fight or you or you, or you, you, you flee it was fight or flight but what the quran and our tradition is telling you is that there's actually a third option which is actually to remain steadfast and to impress upon the person your character and through the character and um, you will be able to you know, change the person's um, situation to the point that they realize that you're a great, great person. Um, so Allah says, And then the Quran tells the Prophet, what would have happened if you were the opposite? What if you weren't soft? What if you weren't understanding? If you were, and the Quran says, if you were h harsh and hard-hearted, um, they would have run away from you. And obviously, what is the point of a Prophet? You know, the Prophet is there to collect people not just to give a message but also to collect people 
and to you know impress upon them part of the mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has so the Prophet shows the justice that God uh, has as a call to his subhanahu wa ta'ala but also uh, an aspect of it is to impress upon people the fact that God is immensely merciful and the Prophet did that by having this quality and he was called in the Quran Nabi al-Ummi the, the, the Prophet who is al-Ummi and Ummi in Arabic means the one that is unlettered meaning was not taught to read and write but was taught by Allah but also it means it comes from the word um which is to be motherly and, and have that com- overriding compassion for people to the point that they will naturally feel and, and they embrace so a child even if they you know when a child gets older when they become an adolescent or they become an adult they may fall out with their parents but the parents will never be in a situation where they will constantly reject the child um, and that is that's a quality of that's a motherly quality where the, the child knows to, despite what they've done the, the, the pathway back to their parents their mother specifically is always open and that is why you know this idea of impressing with your character is so important so how, how important is that for us like is that something that's just for the prophets and uh, and for the prophets of times before how important is it for us to have that compassion in today's day and age? How is that important? For us today, I think you'd have to think, um, you know, think about the companions of the Prophet Islam. So it's not something specific for the Prophet Islam. It's actually something that um, the Prophet came to inculcate and teach and develop within the companions. Mm-hmm. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Prophet Islam وَيُزَكِّهُمْ الْكِتَابَ well, hikmah. One of the things the Prophet sent him was was to purify the, the companions. Dizkia means to purify a person from their negative traits to the point that they're able to have positive qualities. And when I'm th- when you ask the question, I was thinking of the the, the, the example of Sayyidina Umar radiAllahu anhu. Um, you know, he had a very special um, disposition before he, you know, before the Prophet passed away. Before he became Muslim, he had a very special disposition. He was he was quick to anger. And the famous story of him slapping his sister uh, Fatima bin Khattab when she when he heard that she became Muslim and that changed him slightly. He was always ready for you know a fight. He was always ready to pull the trigger, as it were. And he was always you know all the stories about Sayyidina Umar is that he unseats his sword and then you know that's the, the, the context of every single hadith that you see is all about Sayyidina Umar quick to anger. You have in, in the story of Hudaybiyah when the Prophet is telling Sayyidina Ali to rub off. Um, the fact that he is a prophet of God from the document. So Quraysh was saying, we don't accept you're a prophet of God. And the Prophet said, okay, wipe it. And Omar said, are we not on the truth? Are we not correct? Are they not on, on, on falsehood? But the thing is, when the Prophet finished having, you know, you know, really refined the quality of saying that, Omar radiallahu anhu, and really um, went to the point that he perfected the call to Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu. During his Khilafah, what you see is that he became a completely changed man. His character completely changed. He was compassionate and, and, and merciful. He was clement. He was a person that was known for his justice during his Khilafah. But if he would, if he was, he was never the same person when he was with the Prophet Ali so that he changed in the hands of the Prophet so the Prophet inculcated with him the importance of the character changing other people so you even have the story of the of, of Umar and going into uh, when they conquered Jerusalem he he rode on in fact he walked 
towards the city, the gates of the old city. And if you've seen the old city, it's got, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's surrounded by an old um, moat and it's got a, 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 an old traditional wall. He walked towards this, toward the city until, until um, you know, they were, he was told that it's not befitting that you walk because, you know, you're the emir and you need to ride. And so he rode on a, on a, on a mule um, to, to the city of Jerusalem. And the people of Jerusalem saw that. They were they were actually amazed by the fact that they were being conquered by a person of such humility, and so they thought. And in fact, the patriarch of Jerusalem said, "If this is the if this is a companion of the prophet, then what about the prophet?" In other words, if this is a character of the person who's been taught by a prophet, then you can only think of the the, the amazing quality of the prophet. And for us nowadays, you should think of this in, in, in you know in a very tangible way, a real practical way. You should think of this in the same way. If a person sees you. And they're 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 taken aback by the, your character, and your understanding, and your helpfulness, and you, and and the fact that you you're slightly different from other people, and your your character really shines through. Then at some point they will click click in their mind that if this is the person who follows a prophet, and this is the person that follows this religion, and and this religion being maligned as being violent and and aggressive, then what is the what were the qualities of the prophets? So I said him. And they will instantly think, well, there must be something special about the person that this person follows, that they, in, in the 21st century, uh, seem to be very strange in, in, in the context within there, because everybody is saying, you know, it's not even in Qiyamah, because in the Day of Judgment, everyone will say, nafsi, nafsi, myself, myself, I only care about myself. What we find is in a lot of um, cosmopolitan centres in the world is that people do that now, because people just care about themselves, their own food, their own shelter, their own welfare, their own family. But never look look outside and look think about people that are less fortunate. And when you see people like that, you think, well, they're not affected by the, the, the big cities, and they're not affected by all this glitz and glamour. And Ramadan, in fact, is there to allow us to focus on this thing of character, because we all have, we're all flesh and blood, but we also have a character. We also know our character better than anybody else because we, we I mean, and that's probably that's probably not correct, actually. A lot of people don't know their character because they don't realize how much damage sometimes they do. And sometimes there's even the situation where people don't even realize how much good they do because their character is naturally good, it's naturally welcoming, it's naturally helpful. And it never, it's never occurred to them that, you know, that is the case, you know, the, the fact that they have a good character. And so the idea of Ramadan is actually to start to focus on where you are in your character, with all the character traits that you have, and see if there's any improvements you can make um, from the previous months. Because remember, Ramadan is for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is to create this quality of uh, what we call taqwa, which is awareness of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and closeness to God. That closeness to Allah then allows us to think about what is what is God wanting from us and what is God requesting from us. And the only thing. Uh, Allah is really requesting from you is that you come back to Him, to His divine presence on the Day of Judgment, um, and you come back with a very clean heart. Um, and that's basically all you're asked for. You're not asked to, you know, how much we invested, how many actions have you done. Your actions indicate your quality of your heart, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, waits to see how pure your heart is, and then and that is basically the way that you will be um, judged in the Day of Judgment. So the Prophet Ibrahim you know, said, that on a day, he was, he was fearful of a day that in which nobody will help be helped by anything, whether it's their wealth, whether it's their children, their family, except for a person that comes with a pure heart, a clean heart. 
بل بن سليم and that is what the person came with and that is what inshallah we're trying to um, strive towards in the month of yeah. Ramadan Sheikh, do you think in, in, in some ways um, in our modern context that we have almost lost an appreciation of and an understanding of, of what the role of the Prophet Sallallahu was uh, in our lives and in our religion? I mean, I've, I've had conversations with people that have, you know, said things like, um, you know, the Prophet Sallallahu role was to deliver the Qur'an and now that we have the Qur'an, that's, that's what we need. What, what would your response to, to that be? Do, do you think that we have lost an appreciation of exactly what his his place in, in our lives needs to be? I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one. I think a lot of people do it out of a lack of knowledge. In fact, but with, without any, you know, without having to say anything, it is due to a complete lack of knowledge of, you know, ironically, the Quran and Sunnah. <laughs> so that, that's, the irony of it is, you know, the, the fact that a lack of the Quran and Sunnah is the thing that leads to that kind of... Um, that discussion or that kind of um, a complete, you know, kind of partial understanding of part of a verse or a translation of a verse. The simplest thing is, if you want to know how you should deal with the Prophet you just have to pick up any book of Hadith, take Sahih Bukhari and just look at how the companions um, interacted with him and how much, how they felt he was. And if you if you felt that he was a glorified, you know, na'uzubillah, he was a glorified um, postal service which just give you a book. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send the book over 23 years with a person? It was the fact that you would see the embodiment of the Qur'an in the Prophet And when the companions saw that, they actually went, and you would probably say overboard in their respect to the Prophet You know, like in Sahih Bukhari and, and Sahih Muslim, Um Sulaim used to collect the, the sweat of the Prophet when he used to go for a qaylula, which is a mid-afternoon um, siesta. He would perspirate to the point that there would be you know, sweat left on the leather, you know, patch that he was sleeping on. And what she would do is she would collect it in her in a, in a small bottle and she would say, She said, We put it, O Messenger of God, when he asked her what are you doing, he said we put it in our in our in our perfume. But it's better than perfume. And it was just in case you thought that she was just diluting it for the volume, it was actually the fact that Prosim perfume, you know, had the smell of musk. The Prosim had that very Special quality in his in his bodily characteristics, in his in his in his intellectual characteristics, in what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala um, had given him for the Quran itself says, "But God taught you what you did not know." So if you're just saying the Prophet had just to send and to give and to move away, then the Quran is saying it was God that taught you. And God's grace to you has been immense. Alima in Arabic means that it has no. It has no borders, it has no barriers, it has no um, limitation. And so if you want to understand, you know, how the Prophet is in this in terms of his character, why it's important to follow his character, and how we have kind of moved away from taking him as being al-Uswatul Hasana, as the Qur'an says, the, the best example, you know, you, you start to understand why that kind of statement is extremely dangerous, and it comes from a complete lack of, uh, again, it comes back to this issue of education, basic education, and it actually comes back to, you know, the fact that our generations are almost like orphans. And I feel, you know, when we talk about, I was thinking about this, when you talk about people, children that have no parents, you talk about them as being orphaned. Mm. When I think of our community, and this is the way I, I basically see our community if they're uneducated, is that they're orphaned from their tradition. They're orphaned mm. from the Qur'an, they're orphaned from the Sunnah, and you feel so much pity 
you see much you feel so so hurt the fact that they have have kind of lost contact with the the home environment within which their intellect their ruh their spirit their 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 nafs should be living which is the quran and sunnah of the prophet but as understood by the companions of the prophet you know you're talking about going back to the times of salaf to see how they understood the prophet and how they you know they could not live without the prophet and every single companion you you know about when they were close to their death, if they knew their death was coming and the, the, the pangs of death, they would always cry, Wa Muhammadah. They would say, O, Mu- o Muhammad. They, want, they longed for the Prophet, they longed to be with him. They longed to be in his com- in com- companionship and his company because they knew that he wasn't just this person that came and, and he said, Look, I've got a book and here you are. And just follow the instructions and index. There's no index, but just, you know, it's, it's just read it and you'll understand what's being said. That wasn't what the Prophet came with. He came. And every single revelation that came to him, he embodied it in the most perfect, the most holistic, the most spiritual, the most mm. bodily sense. And therefore, when the companions, you know, came to know him, mm. they fell in love, complete love with the Prophet them. And this is what Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu said that, uh, من, من, من whoever saw the Prophet for the first time was struck by fear and struck by awe of him due to his you know, character, which was, it's, it's all, all inspiring. This is the prophet of God. Mm-hmm. But, whoever sat with him, wanting to know him, and come, wanting to take some of his characters and qualities, ended up falling in love with the Prophet him. And that love meant that there was nothing more beloved to them than the Prophet We have this hadith in Sahih Bukhari, in which Umar radiallahu anhu said, O Messenger of God, I, 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 I love you more than my, my wealth. Mm-hmm. And the Prophet said, this is not sufficient. And Umar thought, and he thought, and he said, okay, Messenger of God, I love you more than my own self. And then the Prophet said, he said, now you've got it, now you've got mm-hmm. it. In other words, that was a degree of love. It was a degree of love to the point that they they could see nothing worse than to be, you know, distant from the Prophet And, you know, the light motif and, and the message of the companions when they were alive was that they had sat and, and met somebody who actually completely changed. And like, it's great to say something to Ramadan. Ramadan comes, it completely changes your perspective mm. uh, on, on life. You know, people, you see people's character changing. It was the same thing with the Prophet So we've got a very small inclination of what that means for your life to be turned upside down in a good way. Mm. To, you know, you really feel that you're benefiting. And when the Prophet came, it's like Sayyidina Anas said, that the Prophet had Hassan ibn Majah, that when the Prophet arrived in the city of Medina Munawwara, there was no day more blessed, more, more happy, and more filled with light than that day. And then he said in another narration, there was no day, when the Prophet passed away, there was no day more full of darkness and, and, and doubt uh, and, and sadness than the day the Prophet passed away. That was what they saw, and that was what they understood the Prophet to be. This is, we're just talking about the companions, the people that. Are the, uh, are the are the first generation the people that followed him in faith the people that sat with him and, and fought with him and lived with him and laughed and cried with him these are the people that know him best and uh, you know we are orphans if we are unable to understand part of what they understood the person to be to be the messenger of God not just a person that was given him a, mm. a, a, a message to give he has connections to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, and the Quran says, That's the call to the Prophet, that God spoke to him and gave him whatever he gave him. It's none of our business what Allah gave him in terms of his beneficence, his qualities of, of compassion and, and, and overflowing mercy. 
but it's a private affair between God and his messenger. And so we can only understand a drop in the ocean of who the Prophet was. SubhanAllah. Sheikh, we're coming up to the last few minutes um, as people are yet getting ready for iftar and we've got that last few minutes. We spent the day fasting in the early days of Ramadan and people really wanting to make a change in their life. Um, we've had that taste of Ramadan and we're, we're realising what we really can achieve and what we really should be achieving. How? What, what last bit of advice would you have for us? Um, iftar today is at 9.57. Uh, for, the, for the listeners who have just joined us, um, Iftar today will, will be at 9.57, so we've got the last few minutes, Sheikh. Um, what advice would you give for us on how we can use this Ramadan to really make Rasulullah our role model rather than getting carried away with just the rules, but really just focusing on Rasulullah being our role model? I think you have to, Ramadan is, is, is actually special because of the fact that if you want to focus on, on the change that you need, I think one of the most important things is you could just go straight to cut to the chase, which is what is fasting about? And the Prophet told you what fasting is about. And he told you directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fasting is for me, and this is Allah speaking to you directly. So this is this is the call to you, which is to, to explain exactly what this is about. That fasting is done for my sake. In other words, there's no there's nobody that's in between you and myself. Your intention should be that you're from food, you're staying from you know, foul language and, and water and drink and all the things that are not permitted is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who you cannot see. And you believe in him with the depths of your heart and you have uh, an understanding of his immense blessing upon you and blessing upon you in terms of the creation that's in front of you in the heavens and the earth and the ability to breathe and the ability to understand, the ability to, you know, comprehend things. These are immense, immense blessings. So your fast is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the first thing that you have to do, that you are so special that of all the six or seven billion people on the face of this earth at this moment in time, your action at this moment in time is directly going to God in, in a way that no action goes to God, even the prayer, even dua. All these things require some kind of movement. So when you think of dua, you still have to say it, you still have to think it. But fasting is complete stillness for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then because it's like that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I will give you its reward. In other words, it's a direct, you're giving, you're actually having a direct transaction with God, a direct communication, a direct interface with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And God says, I will respond and I will reward you directly. You don't have to be told what that is. And some of the scholars actually said that means that you will receive Allah, His pleasure and His, and his grace on the Day of Judgment. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.